This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 235. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Today's show is part two of a two-part interview with Julie Podstolsky. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the first episode, it's quite a bit longer than this one. I thought before I started editing everything that today's show was going to be just as long as last week's show, but in fact, it's a little bit smaller. You may recall in part one of the interview, though, that Julie and I were talking about her use of complementary colors. And I love that discussion because she highlights the importance of using complementary colors. And I love her example of, you know, if I have 150 colored pencils and I want a rich blue, I can use every blue that I have in that set, but I'm never going to get that rich blue that I want unless I'm using that complementary color. And of course, you have to know how to add dimension and form. You have to know how to fade that complementary color in and out when you do that. But the point is still the same. Use that complementary color to create a richness that you just can't get otherwise. And in fact, I would go so far as to say that your drawings will always look flat if you're not using complementaries. If you're using grays only and blacks and uh, different things that just dull down the color, then you're going to never cross over that barrier of being able to show some vibrancy and some life and richness in your colors. After last week's show, she had a lengthy conversation with a listener regarding her use of complementary colors. So she sent me this email about it, and she remembered that she had forgotten to mention one of her tricks that she uses, and she calls it undercover white. I love that, undercover white. So she sent me an image of this swatch, three swatches that she had done. The first one is with red, Illuminance red, and then the second one has white as the base layer, and then that same red on top of it. The third swatch, and I'll have this in the show notes if you want to go take a look at it. The third swatch, though, is red on the bottom and then that white on top. These are all the same colors is the point, but you can see a very distinct difference in all three of these. And so I think this is fascinating. Another thing that she talks about in part one, so don't miss this. Uh, Go back to last week's if you haven't heard it yet. But she talks about also the fact that she's using the Neo pastels, sometimes the Sennelier pastels, oil pastels, or she will use Neocolor 2. Okay, so that's a water-soluble product. Um, And uh, what she's doing with these is it's a very soft, soft material. And so those applications are put on there very, very lightly. She calls it a light pressure that she's using when she lays that down as an initial coat. And I love the way that she describes it. She talks about there's this marriage. It's a marriage in heaven between the two. Colored pencil loves that surface. So when you have that surface down, colored pencil glides over the top of that and it just works so, so well. 
Reminds me of that effect, I guess, that I get whenever I'm using ink tints dry in that dry form and using that as my initial coat, my initial layer. I love that bark pencil. And you just put that on there and create this grizz eye method. And you put your colored pencils, oil and wax-based colored pencils on top. No uh, water ever applied anywhere. And it's a very nice marriage as well, to use Julie's term. But I, I love this because you may be thinking that... You you have to use water if it's a water-soluble product. No, you don't. And you don't have to spray it. And I love what Julie says about that. She doesn't even own a spray. I think sometimes uh, many color pencil artists just get so caught up on prescribed techniques and what do I do with this product and that product and how do they all fit together. The biggest thing is to test what you're doing. But a soft layer of something, even if it's a water-soluble layer, does work very well with colored pencils. And the other takeaway really is you don't have to spray everything. You don't need to do that. So I love that encouragement. All right, let's get to the rest of the interview here. She picks up, and I cut us off last week, where she's starting to talk about the dealer-gallery relationship. And she makes an interesting comment. She says that she has come out on the other side. So I think this is an interesting discussion, especially if you think that that's something that you have to do, that that's a goal of yours and you're wondering about it. You might be very interested in what Julie has to say about what she's doing now. So without any further fuss, let's get to the interview. Many dealer galleries, in fact, five different dealer galleries I have dealt with in Perth, they've all closed down over the years. You know, we had the global financial crisis yeah, yeah. and galleries just couldn't cope. So right. the last couple of shows I've had, I've actually put them on myself um, in a gallery space. So okay, I've run right. the whole thing, and it's it's not easy, but it's you're controlling it though. And do you yeah, prefer I'm that then? It. Yes, and I'm not having to pay commission. For instance, right. if you're with a gallery here right. in Perth, it's basically forty four percent commission straight out the door. Yeah, yeah. On anything you sell, but at the same time, you've paid a couple of thousand dollars up front to to rent to. For all the um, all the costs that the yeah the and the marketing and all that, but all of that that's yeah, right. but they're not and, and there's no guarantees with that either. No guarantees. And that's yeah, yeah. So yeah. in fact, it is more fulfilling to run your own show. But having said that, I got a lot of clientele through being with those galleries. Ah, so gotcha. you know, so I suppose. That was a good thing. Um, I think the hardest part for myself, the hardest part of being an artist is the exhibiting part because I can feel um, it brings out a needy side in me, which I can't stand. <laughs> so most of the time I can happily do my art and blog about it and yeah. put it on Facebook and, you know, have the occasional sales from home. Right. And um, th this this is one reason I've started listening to Eckhart Tolle and learning about <laughs> mindfulness because I didn't want to be the slave of my ego. And you know what? I just, uh. I just thought of something just this morning that an ego is a lot like um, the worst part of – um, mass media and that 
um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like like women's magazines, for instance, the, the like the gutter press, the worst part of the press. They can build build people up on a tremendous pedestal, but then they crash down. They they love to attack them, and I think the ego is a lot like that. So you know, you can say one minute. Gosh, I'm great. And mm-hmm. the next minute, I am nothing. You know, I'm mm-hmm. a failure. Mm-hmm. So one reason that I love to listen to Eckhart Tolle and learn about mindfulness is, is not to be a victim of my own ego. And I'm hoping then that the next time I have an exhibition, I won't be tearing myself to pieces. <laughs> That's my what? big hope. Yeah. So – <laughs> But, well, if you have an exhibition, unless you have a sellout show, yeah. you're always going to be wanting to sell more, you know. Right. And, right. Oh, you're never going to be sold. happy with with <laughs> what the performance of it, right? I mean. Yes. But so you internalize that and, you, and you're yes, like. Yes, I and have you, done. you feel like that defines you a little bit. Yes. And, and the other that's not just sales, but also the things people say. Right. So right. Um, and a thing that the ego does is zoom in on the negative comments yeah. and pass over the, the positive ones. So, for instance, in my last show, most people were very enthusiastic, but I had a couple of people that were negative, very negative, and those were the ones that I internalized. Those are the ones you you, you remember, too, and you, yes. and you think about and you dwell on. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's all it does is – um, I create my own suffering. And yeah. so one of the things right. that I'm trying to do, because you said, what else do you do with your time? Um, is, <laughs> is teach myself. Yeah. Um, so that I will not suffer. <laughs> That's an important thing because we're not like an accountant. We're not like, uh, an engineer like, like Matthew. <laughs> I mean, we, we are very, well, to a certain extent, engineers can be very creative, but, and so can yes. accountants, you know, I'm not putting yes. any one profession down, but yeah. at the same time, we're so connected to our work. It's part yes. of us. And yes. when people put it down, yeah, it's, it's an injury uh, to yes, us, the personal thing. And I remember just learning art again as an adult, because I, I didn't do art for a long time and came back to it. And I remember uh, some they weren't negative things. Now I, I look back at them and they're very just middle of the road, just yes. trying to help me out. And I, I internalized it so bad and I took it so hard. Uh, you've been doing that for a long time though with those it shows. Is. I mean, it gets easier, right? No, no, that's the thing. it doesn't, it doesn't get easier unless, oh. unless you can work on your own mental state. I think that's the thing. In fact, I yeah. think that the main thing I got out of my last show um, was that somebody told me about Eckhart Tolle oh, and the power of now. So I think that suffering had a purpose. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's a good mm. takeaway. Can I ask you real quick about morning routines or any kind of routines at all that you have then? Taking care of our mental state is, I think, a big deal. Um, but even, even physical things. I mean, is there something that you feel like you can point to that thing or groups of things and say, I do that because that does help me. You know, this morning routine does help me. Or maybe it's a walks around your neighborhood. I don't know. Do you do that? It sounds like you walk a lot. I don't know. Yes. Can you speak to that for a moment? 
Yes, I um, exercise is really important, especially because if you're a color pencil artist, you're still quite a lot of the time. Right. So um, I do walk every day, and even when I'm drawing, I'll jump up and down every. every no, I don't mean actually. Not while you're drawing. Get up, <laughs> get up, and go downstairs. Yeah. yeah. And um, or even just even just get up and stand up and look at my work from a distance, you know. Right. So moving, you've got to keep moving. Yeah. And when I go for walks um, or any time now, I do try, actively try not to think, you know, just mm. give my mind a break, give my thoughts a break. And that uh, it might sound really strange, but it's That's actually – it's um. It's just a rest, a rest. That doesn't sound strange to me. That that sounds refreshing. Yeah, I've I've taken a fast from news uh, for yes. a few few years now, and news and political things, and it's been so nice not doing that. Yes. What, what advice would you give to an artist who is thinking about diving into colored pencil and they've never used colored pencil before, and they're brand brand new? Wow. Oh, that's a hard one. Um, well, from the very beginning, I would be hoping that they would invest in some good colored pencils, not really, really cheap ones because you won't get a good result. So you kind of do get what you pay for with art materials. Right. So that's one thing. Um Gosh. Would you I mean, elevate a most... technique over uh, composition or anything like that? I mean, would would you would you tell someone who's very motivated and they, they want to learn the art of colored pencil because they admire the work that they've seen? Mm. Would you tell them to try to go in a certain prescribed path for a while to learn the medium a little bit? Or what would you tell them? Explore well, or? There are a lot of people who teach um right. even on well one thing i'd say would be to perhaps join a, a colored pencil facebook group and and especially one that's active and yeah. and is kind <laughs> right right and and actually i have got one in mind and that's colored pencil community of australasia or cpcau because right. it's, it, it is active um even though it's colored pencil community of australasia and australasia means basically australia and new zealand it's international so there's lots of people from america there's people from europe lots oh, very of people good. Are part of that group okay and and we're a, a friendly group and we we give lots of advice awesome. only if people ask for it that is but we've got yeah. complete beginners on there as Very well cool. as professionals, and we just love to share. Awesome. We'll yes. link that up in the show notes. Thank you for okay. letting us know about that. I don't think I've heard of that one. It's, so very you know, cool. Karen, Karen Hull. Karen Hull. She's oh, started. okay. So I, I am in that one, I think, then. That is a very good group. Very active as well. That is great advice. Yeah. Get around other artists who are have been doing the medium and show their work, actually. Uh, those are the ones that if you want to ask for advice, I would say you probably agree Julie, ask for the advice of those that actually show their work um, and are, you know, active and 
and nice. (laughs) Nice. I want to underscore that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Makes a big difference. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So, so that's one thing. Um, a complete beginner. Um, there are some, um, I I like books too. I must admit, if I want to start anything new, I yeah. will go online and look for some books. Oh, yeah. And there's some great books out there now. And books are always a good place to start with uh, yeah, an art medium, you know. That's right. I, I don't teach. I'm not a teacher, but I have oh. a blog. And it's a really right. good blog. It's um, it's just WordPress. It's a WordPress blog, juliepodstolsky.org. Or, I don't know. Yeah. You can find it just actually by going to the homepage of my website, there's a link to the blog. People can ask me questions on that, and I will always answer, and I'll always give it my best shot. So even though I don't teach, I'm always available to answer people's questions, and I like answering questions. I actually have a page, a permanent page on it called Questions and Answers. I have another page, which is Art materials. In fact, art materials is the page that is most looked at. Every day people are looking at that art materials page. Um, a lot of people ask questions on that particular page. But, you know, you can ask me questions anywhere. On Facebook as well. You know, I, 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 I love to talk colored pencils. So. Very cool. Anything that I have that we haven't remembered here, anybody at all can, can find me and ask me. Oh, thank you so, so much for that. I really appreciate that. And I, I'm looking at this. Uh, yeah, I did go to this uh, materials page. I'm always interested in that kind of thing. Um, and it's fascinating. I mean, you guys have really got to check out this blog. It's done very, very well. I mean, you are very generous in I just want to underscore that this is the kind of artist that you want to learn from. You want to learn from someone who has actually been in the medium, working with the medium for a while. Anne Kulberg published a book of my art this year. It's it's called Sublime. And, oh, okay. Um, so you just have to go to Anne's website and you can easily find it. Let's see. So. It's much cheaper to buy in America than in Australia because okay. our exchange rate is so bad. So it's a very reasonable book if you live in America. Well, Julie, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate all the things you had to share and uh, just being generous with all the advice and letting me rouse you this early in the morning as well. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thanks for being on the show today. Well, thank you, John. It's been my absolute pleasure. I've loved every second of it. Awesome. Well, we'll catch up soon. I've just now remembered the name of that drawing that I couldn't remember the name of. Oh, good. That was such hard work. Eventide. It's a very old word, not even a word used anymore. That means evening. Right. Okay. So, eventide. Nice. Yes. I'm glad you remembered that. Yes. <laughs> okay. If you're like me, it's like the next morning I'll remember. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks so much for listening today. All the show notes are over there at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. That's where you can get the full show notes. 
And I appreciate you listening so much. You can reach out. Podcast at sharpenedartist.com is the email address. And if you like the show, I would appreciate a rating and or a review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. This is a weekly show, and I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Thank you.